Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On Point, another solo episode. This will probably be the last solo episode for a little while, unless I hear differently from you guys and you guys are like, no, I'll keep doing that. But uh, this is going to be the last hunt recap that I'm going to do for uh, for now. And <laughs> this is my last hunt. So uh, this is basically going to be Blacktail. And man, I... I uh, bittersweet this year I, I to be honest with you blacktail really kicked my ass i mean they i i watched some dudes um uh, i know and i follow them they're great hunters like uh cory hart and he was passing up blacktails that are bigger than any blacktail i've ever shot and he's passing up you know four or five six of them and and um waiting for an absolute giant and you had guys that had years like that where they did kill you know 140 class uh blacktail ish and you had guys like me who went out, you know, and, and isn't a slob, uh, at blacktail hunting or deer hunting in general. I know I'm, I'm not a complete piece of crap when it comes to deer hunting, at least in the past I haven't been. And, and man, I struggled. I struggled. I probably went out 15 times, uh, 12 to 15 times this year. It, well, yeah, I'd say 15 times solid and, uh, for blacktail and, and I didn't record every, every time I went out on, on, um, hunt league because some of them were just hour, two hour long hunts, but I'd go and, and go to spots. I know there was bucks, uh, and, and knew, you know, had seen them in velvet. He'd seen them maybe, uh, throughout the year or, or whatever, or had buddies that had been seeing them and reporting back to me what they saw. And so I know that there was bucks in the area, um, and the area was getting pressured, but not a lot and just was not seeing deer. I saw a couple spikes I'd see an average of about six does every trip and, uh, you know, just was hunting some real beautiful country and covered some ground, but basically hunting the same 10 square miles, um, that I was hunting every day, just in and out, just close to home, could get up there after work, could, could go hunt some really good looking units. And, uh, felt like I had a good chance at finding one of those big bucks that I knew was in there and it just never happened. And it was to put it this way, um, the last branch buck I had seen was in the in the heart of bow season. That had been the last branch buck I had seen in blacktail uh, for blacktail since the buck I shot, which was like two or three days before the end of season. That's that's over a month, I believe, of without seeing a branch buck, which is really bad. <laughs> I mean, really bad. For as much as I was out and even just working out and about working. Wasn't seeing bucks. I mean, some on private, yeah, but where where I could hunt them, none. And uh, so, long story short, I was just getting a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I'm like thinking, what in the hell happened? And and another factor that I that I do need to to throw out there, um, my main hunting area that I like um, is is down south towards Canyonville. And and the fact now, you know, I'll talk about it. You know, people might get a little pissy about it, but um, the fact of the matter is, is that hunting as you know it down there in the Canyonville area, um, towards Azalea, uh, Galesville, has drastically changed this year for access. Uh, Chinook had purchased the property. Um, it was over 60,000 acres worth of lands, um, not all public lands. Most of it was Roseburg Lumber that they used to own it. Chinook bought it, and they're not allowing access, and that was... Um, Thousands of thousands of thousands of acres, I mean miles of land that 
I had hunted for years that, you know, my wife killed her biggest buck down there. Some of the biggest bucks I've seen have been down there. A lot of my buddies will go down there. Um, and granted, you know, it's a circus down there. A lot of times there's a million people, but if you can hit it on a good day and you know how to glass, uh, you can find a good buck. And that's just, uh, that really screwed me this year, honestly, because they, they weren't allowing access. That's, I rely very heavily on that area. Um, the other areas that I hunt here locally are also getting hammered that, uh, I've hunted in the past. And I, I straight up struggled. And so um, even trying to get away from people, I even got away from people this year and had still hunted some great units and still wasn't seeing bucks. And, and man, it was just a suck fest. I mean, it wasn't hard physical hunts. But it was just driving around, getting out of the truck, walking here and there, you know, looking over edges of units that people often don't look at. And, and you know, I've talked about it a million times on my podcast. It's the chunks of those units that a lot of times you have to go work to get. Maybe it's just a hundred or 200 yard walk, but it takes a little bit more effort than just getting out, walking to the edge of the landing and you can't see everything. So those little chunks are where I find a lot of my, a lot of my success that you can't see from those, from those landings and nothing was producing. And so I went over to, uh, to Idaho right as the weather starts to hit in, in Oregon and, uh, at the coast anyways. And for those that don't know, blacktail hunting can um can really really churn on with rain i mean it, it really does the deer are out um i've got my own theories on that uh, but the deer are out and uh it's just great hunting i mean really it's a road hunter's dream if you if that's your thing and you just like to road hunt all you need is a rainy day and you'll probably get it done and uh i was leaving for idaho uh, around the 20th of october and the rain was just starting to hit. And I'm like, man, I'm leaving at the wrong time. Like, there's going to be some big bucks killed this weekend. And I'm going to be nine or, you know, 14 hours away. And uh, it's just, I just had a feeling I'm like, I'm making a mistake. But also, I love mule deer hunting with the rifle. It's one of my favorite things. And so, hit the road. And just a few days after I hit the road, I start getting these text messages of these bucks. And I'm like, God damn it. You know, like why, why am I over here when I knew the hunting was going to turn on over here and James killed a nice three point, uh, Brad Powell killed a forky and, um, and there was a lot of bucks getting posted on Facebook and then, and big bucks too. And I'm thinking, God dang it, man. And, uh, so I come back from Idaho after getting my butt kicked, as I said on the last episode and, uh, killed a buck over there and, and I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I still want to go out and go fill my last tag for the year. But as I processed my mule deer, I just kind of lost the motivation. Uh, not because I was like tired of the work or anything, but solely because Kim and I, Kim and I had enough meat. It's just her. It's just me. We don't have kids. And I just felt that, you know, it, it, I don't, know if me shooting another deer would be worth it I'll, I'll be happy to take you know Kim out I will never tell her no when it comes to hunting like just I'm trying so hard uh to be the best uh you know advocate for her and don't pressure her at all and I'm just she, she's not much of a hunter she's she's she does it 
to make me happy, and I think she has a little bit of an interest in it. But, um, you know, she likes watching the, the deer get broken down and, and skinned and stuff like that. She likes that part. But as far as getting up early and, and, and freezing your balls off, she's not into that. <laughs> so, uh, But long story short, um, I, you know, I, I was kind of just – at peace with, with what I'd done this year and, and, and the amount of meat I put in the freezer. I had a bear. I completely gave away the bear, everything, skull, meat, everything. Um, and if I would have kept that meat, which I'm glad I didn't, but if I would have kept that meat, there definitely wouldn't have been much of a reason for me to go deer hunting outside of just killing something for my own ego or that's kind of the way I felt. And, uh, so I, you know, I kind of was just sitting on the couch watching TV and, and, uh, she's like, I, I want to go hunting. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not seeing shit around where I've been going. It's been a complete bad year. So I'm like, let's go try something different. So I throw her in the car and, or the truck, and, uh, we go head down and head to a spot that I had been to maybe 15 years ago, back when I was really heavy into, into deer hunting. And, and, um, you know, this is just a couple of years out of high school. I was, I was over hunting this area and, and I completely forgot it. And so I, I, uh, couldn't remember what roads to take. I, I couldn't, you know, law units were there that weren't there. It just nothing looked the same. And I'm like, shit, you know, I need to, need to make a phone call to a buddy. I, I, I know hunts this area. And, and, um, and so he was gracious enough to be like, yeah, you're, you're kind of in the right area, but you know, head over here. And, and so I did and found a, found a road to walk out with, with a couple units. And I, it was, you know, half an hour worth of daylight left and, and it was blowing hard and it was trying to rain or sunshine. I didn't really know what it wanted to do, but it was, it was definitely trying to do something. It was blowing and cold and cloudy and you could see rain off in the distance and um kim told me to turn on the the seat warmers as we were heading up and and she had actually fell asleep so i walked about 15 yards from the truck out this road and was just glassing and it was a blocked off road no one could go out this road and we were parked at it too and so no one was really probably hopefully no one was going to bother us and um just uh glassed and glassed and glassed and didn't see anything and then about 20 minutes before the end of uh, day, before the daylight or daylight ended, uh, there was a herd of about four does that fed off out of the timber onto the edge of the unit. And uh, I'm like thinking, gosh, where's, the, you know, where's a buck? It's, it's late enough. It's cold enough. There's been plenty of bucks getting shot with those, a lot of swelling up buck necks and, and just, it just, it's time, you know, it's time. They should be chasing right now. And, um, so I'm like just watching them and I watched them for about five minutes and then it's getting darker and darker. And I'm like, man, I should probably, probably act like those does have a buck, you know, going over there and stalking those does as close as I can get without busting them. Um, getting myself in position for a shot isn't a bad idea knowing I only have a little bit of daylight left and what I'm doing now isn't producing a buck. And so I went back to the truck. Um, I, I, told Kim I'm going to go walk out here and she kind of mumbled something she was still half asleep and um and I told her you know I have some does over here and she was just wanted to stay in the truck and you know keep her keep her butt back warm with the seat warmers and so I walk out there and it's it's close to half a mile and um by the time I get out there it's pretty it's it's 10 minutes worth of shooting light and I'm like okay well you know about 150 yards from these deer I can I could see pretty much if there's a buck with them I could see it 
And just as I'm pulling up my binos and, and I'm crawling um, on my belly on, on a muddy landing at this point and um, literally stalking these does, like pretending there's a buck with them. And uh, basically, I, I pull up my binos, I look at the does, and then I pull down my binos and I look farther, about another 250 yards, 300 yards, somewhere, something like that, farther down the edge of the unit. And there's a something that wasn't there before is white. And I'm like, man, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a, a something, you know? And so I pull up and it's the nose of a buck and the neck and the nose. And I'm like, Oh shit. You know, like that's a good buck. And you know, it's not a giant, but it, I mean, it got me excited and, and, um, I couldn't tell how big he was because my scope was fogged up completely. I got into that last podcast. Well, it was way worse sitting in a warm truck, con, you know, condensating on the inside, fogging up on the inside, being in a warm truck was the worst thing I could have done. And so I pull up my scope and I'm prone, I'm prone, put my scope on it. I, I can't see it. And I'm on 12 power and I'm thinking, shit, you know, like, is he still there? Pull up my binoculars. Hasn't moved. I just can't see him. So I dial it into 24 power and I put it and I and I put it right on some brush and some logs where I knew it was close to, and then I can start seeing the outline of the deer. And once I pick him out, it's clear as day. Dial back down to 12 power. Um, dial my scope, and uh, it, I was one. I remember 1.9 for 400 yards, and I just take my time and and everything's cool. The buck's broadside. I'm like, dude, this is so cool. Like, I wasn't planning on shooting a buck. But it's, if you know if I went back to go get Kim, this guy's not going to be here when I get back, and this is a definitely a good buck, and I'd be stupid not to shoot him. So, um, you know the 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 thoughts of you know should I or shouldn't I left pretty quickly when I saw how good of a buck this was, and um, you know it was it was if, if Kim was with me, I definitely would have told her to shoot it too. And so I shot and and felt good about it. Shot broke perfectly. Crosshairs weren't moving. I even had my shooting bag on me. And so I use that to, to just, I mean, everything was rock steady and nothing, nothing. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And then I'm thinking, God dang it. You know, he's going to be gone. So I pull up my binoculars and then he's just still standing there stiff as a board. Hasn't even moved. Hasn't even twitched. And I'm thinking, should I freaking run? <laughs> you know, did I just shoot it scruffy or should I jack another shell in? And, and, and that was about a two second thought. I was like, shit, did I just mess up or is this the world's dumbest deer? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, the whole way up, I was on Onyx. I, you know, I, I second guess myself for about two seconds. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know where I'm at. I know I'm good. Jack another shell in. And, um, dial my scope back down to zero, hit zero, redial to 1.9 and uh, made sure everything was good and get the gun on him. He starts to turn right as I'm starting to squeeze the trigger. And I'm not bragging about this shot. I'm not proud of this shot, um, but it, 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 it was the shot I took for better or for worse. And he was basically facing, he was facing directly away from me when that gun went off. And it was, um, it was a, it was an absolute, <laughs> I mean, like saying this, but it was a 12 ring of a Texas heart shot, man. It was, I might have ruined, I ruined less meat on that shot than you would have shooting it through the scapula. A hundred percent. Like I ruined less than a handful of meat, like a, a two mouth bites worth of meat. I mean, it was a perfect, 
up that turd cutter. You couldn't you couldn't have put that bullet up there better. And he dumped immediately. And I'm like thinking, hell yeah, dude. Like that is per, per, best case scenario. And uh, and so I ended up ruining best meat with not the best shot opportunity. And I'm um, thinking, you know, okay, so that bullet hit exactly where I was aiming. But why didn't the first one hit? And I'm thinking – the only thing that it could have been is that I dialed a .9 instead of 1.9 like a freaking idiot. And so uh, I, I don't know if that's what happened, but that's really the only thing that makes sense because both those shots felt perfect. Um, I know nothing nothing weird happened, and it had to be user error on the scope. That's literally the only thing that it could have been. And uh, so I immediately I, uh, I call my buddy and um, – <laughs> And uh, tell him, hey, man, thanks for the tip. I just shot a great buck. And, and um, he's like, sweet. I'm like, I'll send you a picture. I, ha- I didn't know I had service the whole time. And and uh, so I walk up to the deer and um, find him. You know, he's he's dead. And uh, I had to put another one in his neck because he was still breathing a little bit. And I didn't want him to suffer. And, and so I put another one in his neck real quick at, you know, five yards. And and um, really small body deer. Uh, first thing I, I got up to him was like, he's got a really nice rack. But a really small body. I, j- I made a joke in Idaho about Bubba's buck being really, really big bodied, but having a decent rack. Not giant rack, not a small rack, but just a good representation of a four-point rack. And I'm thinking the body is way bigger than the rack. Like, it, it, they don't match. I'm like, why couldn't you shoot a giant rack deer with a tiny body <laughs> as far back in here as you are? This is going to be such a bitch to get this thing out of here. Why couldn't it be the size of a dink, you know, like – but you know, more meat. That's why you're there is the meat, obviously, but it was, it was just a joke. And I'm thinking, wow, I just, <laughs> I, maybe it's karma, you know, like I, I wish this would have been the biggest body deer I'd ever seen, but it was, it was like the size of a fork and horn, like a first year forky. It was a, it was a hundred and like 20 pounds. It wasn't very big. And, um, I drug it to the road. And like, as I was talking on the phone, I drug it to the road. It was that easy. I'm like, man, this is a small body deer, but he's got some good genetics or something. And, um, so I call Kim, I wake her up and, and, um, you know, I told her like, Hey, I just shot a buck. And she's like, Oh, I, I thought I heard a gunshot. I didn't know if I was dreaming or not. And then, and then I heard another one and I definitely knew that was you because that's you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not afraid to let the, let the uh, lead fly sometimes. And, and, um, so she, I called her over and, and she, um, brought some stuff I needed to help to, uh, help process the deer and, and, uh, she couldn't find my knives and I'm thinking, God damn it. I have a flay knife in my pack. The one that Trent makes fun of me for, I have this flay knife. I'm going to have to do this whole freaking deer with a flay knife, which I'm like, then, you know, it'll be different. Cause I've never done a whole deer with a flay knife. It'll be quick for some parts. It's going to be a pain in the ass for others. But we'll just see how it works. And for skinning, obviously, it was a giant pain in the ass. But for most of it, it actually wasn't that big of a deal. I had to sharpen it a couple times because uh, running a flay knife through uh, against bone isn't good. But, um, <laughs> you know, it took me probably half an hour to get that deer in my pack uh, quartered out. And I packed them out in one trip as Kim carried, like, my, my sweatshirts and stuff because the weather had actually broke and had turned into, like, a nice sunset and it was just a beautiful evening. I mean, it was a little chilly, but packing out a deer, a deer I did it in a t-shirt. And it was just such a freaking awesome moment. That was the first deer my wife had ever seen me shoot. Um, 
she'd never actually been a part. Well, she wasn't even really a part of that one, but she'd never been on a hunting trip where I had killed a deer. I've always taken her out and tried getting her a deer. And so, um, that was kind of special. She, she watched me break it down, which she's always fascinated by. And, and, um, we, we stopped and got some food and, and just, it was so, so, I don't know, such, just a perfect end, just a perfect end, I guess. Cause on the way up, you know, she's like, can we stop and get some food? I'm like, we don't really have time, but you know, it's your hunting trip. We'll do whatever you want. If we spend the rest of the night here eating food and having dinner and, and just spending time with each other, that was our hunting trip. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. And so we ate and we uh, went up on the hill and it was just kind of that, you know, like go with the flow, no pressure. It was just a great, great evening of, of hunting with Kim and, um, really a special night for me. And she even was able to take some photos of me and the deer for me. And, and that was the first time that had ever happened. And, and, um, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a really, really cool ending to my year. I felt bad because she was in the truck and she was supposed to be shooter, but you know, literally you snooze, you lose. I did that in Idaho. Bubba shot a buck and, and I, she did that. And, uh, she, she, I shot a buck. So, um, it, the, the deer was, uh, ended up being a three by four, um, real nice buck. One of my better blacktails, um, you know, top three and, um, you know, just, just super lucky, super grateful. And that allowed me to, um, you know, the freezer still has room in it, but there's, there's, there's room for a spring bear and, and probably like maybe another, I mean, it's a pretty big freezer, but maybe another elk, but we have enough meat now especially with the meat prices and inflation and all that shit. Meat is freaking outrageous right now. So, um, you know, we're happy to, to supply friends and family and neighbors um, that that like and enjoy the meat but can't get out and do it themselves. Um, you know, I've, I've already given a few packages away and um, even, a, even a can of uh, venison uh, antelope. And it just, you know, we have plenty and, and we had uh, a, a great year. And so I'm able to you know, bless other people with, with great, awesome opportunity of eating meat that they can't get at the store. And, uh, that's just a really good feeling. I, I almost get just as much as, as giving it away as I do eating it. Um, and, and, it, you know, there's science to that, you know, you obviously you have endorphins and that and, and, and dopamine or whatever they call it, that gives you a good shot of dopamine when you do something exciting or cool like that. And so, um, obviously there's a, there's a, there's a chemical brain reward for it, but, um, the heart, the heart is really there. I mean, there's, these are folks that are old, can't get out, can't get out and hunt or, or, or raising a family and, and are working full-time running a business and, or veterans across the street. I mean, there's a lot of good causes and folks to give meat away to. And, um, this is, this is going to be a year where I'm, where, where I'm able to do that. And then also keep enough for myself and Kim to have meat literally every week if we wanted. I mean, I had, uh, I'm trying shit. I never even tried before. Like I had elk, uh, meatballs, uh, <laughs> So I made elk burger, obviously, and, and turned them into meatballs and then tried it in like a uh, fettuccine Alfredo. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't that good. And uh, But I'm, I'm trying new shit with my meat and, and having fun and, and cooking for others. And, and um, you know, I have a ton of steak to be able to do carne asada tacos, which is one of my favorite dishes. And that takes like two packages of, of steaks every time you do that. And so... That shit goes quick when you do that, but we have enough to do that fucking every week, uh, the whole for, until next hunting season. And so, um, it, hopefully, I pray to God I draw my spring bear tag. But 
you know, that'll be a icing on the cake. I'll keep a few roasts from that, and I'll probably donate the whole thing to the to the Veterans uh, Association again. And and um, yeah, it just it just was really cool. So uh, outside of that, uh, blacktail season was the worst blacktail season I've ever had. It was the hardest blacktail season I've ever had. Um, you know, before I really really put down the rifles and just focused on bow hunting, um, you could give me one or two days, and I'd go out and kill a buck. You know, it didn't matter. I it, it, I could kill a buck almost every day if I wanted to. I mean, it was that automatic. And just focusing on elk so much the last eight years, whatever it's been, and, and just not focusing on rifle hunting blacktail, it's crazy how fast you lose, how fast you lose the uh, the knowledge, the woodsmanship, the the idea of, of, of where to look, when to look. This isn't getting pressured. This this has been logged. This has been shut out. This has been blocked off. You know, like you lose all those little nuances that help you become a good deer hunter. Even even the glassing skills, just everything kind of just got a little rusty. And I wasn't really expecting that at all. I kind of, I honestly, I went into it um, thinking that me and Brad Powell were going to treat deer like elk this year. We we're both going to shoot 130 inch bucks, and that is pretty ambitious. Um, but we were both we made the agreement that we were going to put in the work. We we're both going to kill our biggest blacktails. And when I got the news that, um, the area that we hunt down towards Caneville was a no go. I'm thinking, well, shit, what am I going to do now? Hunt the freaking coast every day. And so I did <clears throat> and I got my butt kicked. And so it's just crazy. You got to use it or lose it. I mean, you deer hunting to a point, especially locally. Yes. If you have a good unit, typically that unit's going to be good until it's overgrown. Um, and, and I'm sure that was probably still the case in a lot of my spots, but the deer weren't where they should have been this year or, or weren't where I expected them to be or had seen them in the past. And that, that little, uh, piece of history that I've, that I've used just didn't work for me this year. And so, uh, I think it was the fact that I, this is the first blacktail rifle tag I've had and, and I don't know how long, many, many years. And it would just you know, I, I struggled. And so <laughs> I, I've never, I never even expected to struggle like that in my life uh, for blacktail, but I did and, and got a little humble pie. I don't know if I'll blacktail hunt again with the rifle next year. Um, maybe I will. I don't know. I mean, I did have a good time, um, but I just really love blacktail hunting with a bow and uh, in rifle hunting mule deer. It's just kind of like my happy medium, give one way, take from the other. And it just, it's just, I don't know. It's just what it is. And uh, outside of that, I got my scope uh, sent off to Vortex. They sent me a remanufactured, basically it's like brand new, um, Viper PST Gen 1, which is what I sent them. And mine was a first year Gen 1. I bought it like right when they came out. So it was pretty old. And um, I, you know, I, I put, I left a note on there. I was like, can you please replace this? I don't trust it anymore. Like just replace it. And they did. So uh, thank you to Vortex. You know, Vortex does... And they brag about it. They they do have a great, you know, fantastic warranty system. But you're going to use it sooner or later. You're going to use it. And it almost cost me a really good blacktail this year. And really disappointed uh, in that scope. I've got scopes on some um, – on. I used to have a scope on my uh, gun that I sold a long time ago. And it was uh, – God, my dad's dad might have shot it. But it was an old uh, – television screen square scope redfield i believe and uh 
great scope. And that thing was older than shit and, and just a great scope, man. And, and um, you just kind of don't have that longevity with Vortex. You're going to have an issue sooner or later. And in, even though they took care of me, I mean, the fact is I had to use the warranty. This is the and in fact, of the matter is, I need to use the warranty again for my for my Viper uh, binos because uh, the eyepiece. The very first day I ever used them, like last year, <laughs> the eyepiece broke. Um, they fell out of my bino harness at like two feet. Like I wasn't even fully standing up, and they fell out of my bino harness as I was crouched over, landed on the uh, eyepiece, and it like became angled and never worked itself out. So, for the very first freaking day, I had my Vortex Vipers. They broke, and so. You know, man, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, oh, how do I put this? I'm so freaking forgetful. I'm afraid to buy Swaros or something nice like that because I'm going to lose it. Uh, I lost my fucking loophole spotting scope this year. I'm pretty sure I can't find it. I think I left it up where I shot my buck, my blacktail buck with Kim. I'm pretty sure I left it right next to the truck and it's gone. So that's like a $1,200 loophole um, SX2 Kenai back when it came out. It's cheaper now, I think. But um, that was a $1,000 freaking spot and scope, man. And <laughs> if I did that with a Swaro, oh, my gosh. I don't know what I would do. I'm pissed I did that with my loophole. I've had that thing for, I don't know, freaking 12 years, uh, maybe more. I don't know how long I've had it. I mean, you can't even tell what brand it is. It's so blemished and worn down. And and um, it's heavier than the hubs of hell, but it's been a great great spot and scope, you know, and it's like, shit, you know, I completely lost that and my, and my tripod to go with it, which the tripod was a piece of shit too. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's still a loss of like probably a $600, $500 worth of value, but you know, I'm not going to do that to Swaros and, and leave my binos somewhere or leave a freaking $2,000, $3,000 spotting scope somewhere. So I think I'm probably just going to stick with Vortex in the meantime. And, and, um, just, you know, I, I'm not responsible enough to, you know, this is like, this is why we can't own nice things. That's the, you know, I say that about myself. This is why I can't own nice things because I'm a freaking idiot. So, but uh, outside of that, that has been my year. And now I'm focused on cougar and coyote and like basically predator hunting with a Fox Pro. And I still have a, a turkey tag in my pocket, which I would really, really like to try turkey jerky. And so, even though, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for more opportunities, I, I, I do want to enjoy the woods. I do want to enjoy the the chase and, and the pursuit and, and opportunities that are still out there. Um, I want to get a, a turkey with my bow. Um, I think I've only shot one with my bow. I mean, I know it sounds bad because I, I like bow hunting and stuff, but they're so – turkeys are so dumb around here. You can pretty much knock on anybody's door and go shoot one, but there's some spots where you can go hunt some that are – they're definitely smarter, and, and, and I think that would be fun, and trying some, some new things with, like, turkey jerky and stuff like that, uh, maybe actually trying to interact with the turkeys and calling them and, 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 and learning the language there. I don't know if I'd really be interested in that, but, um, you know, just, just playing around with calls and stuff. I, I, would, I, I think that kind of just dipping my big toe in the water with turkeys might be fun. Um, I'm not going to buy a bunch of turkey shit and go out and become a turkey hunter or anything because it's just, it's just not – I don't know, man. I, it, usually turkey season coincides with spring bear season or, or deer season, so I'm not or elk season, so I'm not doing it. But uh, right now, I don't have any tags, so it's kind of like, well, maybe I will. But uh, outside of that, I'm I'm just uh, super grateful. I've had a lot of great feedback from everybody this year. Um, 
I've had some really good feedback about the solo episodes, so I appreciate all the feedback. Um, messages um, are great. And if you guys want to leave a review um, and let me know what you think about this episode or the previous episodes, that is really the place to do it. If you want to see the podcast grow and reach more people, um, leaving me those nice comments that you guys leave me on Instagram and Facebook um, or wherever, uh, the best place to do that is on iTunes. And in I know I can't interact with you on there, but if, if you guys want to see the show grow and, and get promoted more, um, I believe that leaving reviews on iTunes does help whatever the algorithm or whatever it may be. I don't even know really exactly how it works, but um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it does. It does have an algorithm or some sort of fact like that. And um, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. That's totally cool. I, I really, I mean, I care, but I don't care. It's not like the end of the world, but uh, it was, sure would be great to have uh, a few more reviews. And as soon as I can get um, some hat availabilities, I've, I've actually had quite a few people reaching out about hats lately out of the blue because um, it was like months and months and months that I, ha- I haven't had hats. I've been out of hats and no one asked. And then like within the last two months, I <laughs> I've had like six or eight people want ask me for hats and I'm like dude I, I don't have any I haven't had any the hat I'm wearing is like the last hat I have and so um, I will try and get more hats and so if you want hats let me know because um, I can I can order um, for the folks that want them I don't I won't have to order a thousand of them or a thousand bucks with uh, of them I should say and that will uh, not only help me not have to spend you know a thousand bucks on hats but I can order more uh, precise and 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 not have to fork out a bunch of money and then try and get it back later. So uh, outside of that, guys, appreciate you for listening. This is my 2022 season. Unless I kill a cougar or some other really cool animal like that, I am pretty much done big game hunting for the year. And uh, already moving on to uh, – I already already put in my tags. I'm already already done putting in for my tags for Oregon for 2022. Me and Kim, um, I put her in as well. And uh, we're done. And so I am now looking for opportunities in uh, other states. I I might pull the trigger on California deer this year. Um, I got my buddy Wes that lives down there. I might need to go hit him up. Um, I might try and go, you know, to Idaho somewhere different. Um, I didn't buy the -the over-the-counter tag that I had last year in the two years ago that that I've gotten twice after this year. I, I just wasn't going to do that to myself again. And I'm going to try my luck on some pretty low, low odd tags, um, like 7% tags uh, for non-residents in Idaho and just see if I can draw a bomb tag and, and just go have some fun. Um, Cause there's still, there's still some really great draw opportunities in Idaho and, and, um, and, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what those are and, and how to how to get the best tag for the best hunt I can and have the most fun and and um, Arizona is definitely on my list. Not this year. Um, I'm not going to do it this year. I'll go over next year, uh, 2023 technically because it would be January 2023. And I think they're going to go through some reform on their tags as well. Uh, so we'll see at what capacity I'm able to do that on if they change the OTCs. Um, or the quota, or whatever it may be. It sounds like it sounds like they're going to be changing some of the OTC um, a- a- availability and opportunities, especially for residents or non-residents. So we'll see about that. Uh, me and my dad have been trying to plan a caribou hunt, um, but they're so booked out. You have to book out like two to three years 
in advance, um, which I'm totally fine with, but uh, scheduling that's kind of been a pain in the ass. Um, and yeah, and so I really like to go hunt some other states like uh, New Mexico for elk, Wyoming. I've got points in Wyoming now. Um, I've got enough points. You know, I've got three points in Wyoming for deer and elk, I believe. And man, you know, that opens up some doors. Having three points definitely opens up some doors for some opportunities. And we'll see, maybe I go over there this year. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think tag strategy episodes are going to be coming around the corner. Um, just letting you guys know what I'm up to bow reviews, man. Uh, (laughs) I probably will do bow reviews. I will probably do bow reviews. I bought that that aiming analyzer mantis thing that I really was excited about last year. Um, but honestly just having turned the corner so hard against, you know, gear and shit and just focusing on woodsmanship skills. I don't want to, but, but, um, the money that I get off of YouTube does, uh, go a long ways towards buying more gear and hunt options and, and just, it does help me um, fund a lot of this and a lot of what I do, and it does make it worth my time. So um, doing those bow reviews, they they absolutely do pay for themselves, and I'd probably be pretty stupid not to do them. So, yeah, I, I, I just kind of talking through it. I'll probably do the bow reviews. I still got to do the spot hog trifecta. I'm not supposed to call it trifecta. Spot hog, uh, whatever the hell, the triple stack is what they're calling it. Um and yeah, so I got to do that review. I'm actually kind of excited about doing that review, actually. So that's that's a product I've been waiting for for a couple of years to come out. But um, outside of that, guys, I appreciate you for listening. If you have any requests, oh yes, 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 big announcement. Um, so nothing is written in stone yet. I I just talked to Trent last night uh, from Born and Raised, and I have um, uh, Ben Ben. I don't know if he wants me to use his last name, but Ben, shout out to you. Uh, you know, was kind of, we started messaging a little bit last night. Um, he's kind of getting his butt kicked, uh, elk hunting, kind of like I did when I started with a bow. Um, I forget how many years it took me. It was six or eight years, somewhere in there. And, um, to get my first bowl with a bow. And after that, they just started falling. Like it, it's been, it's been great since, since I got my first one down. It's been, it's been fantastic. So, um, you know, just trying to help him get his first, uh, or, or, uh, we're going to maybe do a live episode Q and a, it basically would be a hybrid between, between a radio show that is live that you can call into just like a radio show and a podcast where there's a format, there's no commercials obviously. And then there will be an upload later after it's all done. And we have room for multiple callers. We have room for multiple guests. I think that Trent and I, and maybe even Brad Powell. Um, Brad Powell and I will probably do a mock um, or a, a, a uh, practice session. Um, and Trent and I are going to work. I know they've done similar things on the on the born and raised side. This is a little bit different. It, no one's ever done this before. And so we, we, we have to figure out how it's going to work um, technologically, but also logistically. And, and uh, I'm not very techno savvy when it comes to all that shit so it you'd be surprised how long it took me just to uh just to set up my podcast uh when i when i started this thing took me a lot (laughs) took me a long time just to figure it out what a hell of rss feed is and all that crap 
So it might take me a little bit, but um, we're going to be having, um, for sure, I will be doing a test episode on Podbean, okay? Very important, on Podbean. If you do not have Podbean, you have to download the app. If you do not have the app, you will not be able to listen to this episode live, and you will not be able to call into the episode live and be able to talk to me and whatever guests I have on. And the, the show is not PG. You guys obviously, obviously by now have figured out that anything really flies on this podcast. And so it's not like we're going to be having to keep it PG. When you call in, you can say whatever you want. You can talk shit. You can ask a question. I really don't care. Um, it's your time to have the mic, us to listen, and then for us to respond. And so I think it's going to be fun. I'm really kind of excited about this because the the podcasting to me is kind of getting stagnant. It's kind of just like, God, you know, it's just it's just been around now. There's a million of them, and it's just it's time to try something new. And I get excited about it. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm more excited about that idea than I am coming out with a bunch of more episodes on podcasts. That you know, yeah, they'll they'll be the same quality that you've come to to expect, but um, God damn, there's just a lot of podcasts anymore, man. And, and I've got a hundred and something episodes and I know some guys have thousands of episodes. Um, it's just like, what do you talk about? I mean, I mean for a thousand episodes, I, I love talking hunting, but shit, like what do you guys expect me to talk about for another 300, 400 episodes? I don't know, you know, and it's just like from coming out with an episode, just to come out with an episode doesn't seem like I'm doing you guys a justice. And so um, this to me seems like the natural, um, not a transition, but kind of an evolution. It'll be one more layer onto the content that we provide. So we'll have live episodes and we'll mix those in with pre-recorded uh, regular uh, podcast episodes. And I think that will be a great way to increase the amount of content that I'm offering to get different and more guests onto the show, but also get your questions, comments, you know, su- whatever suggestions, whatever it may be, whatever you want to call in and talk about. It could be politics. I really don't care. Um, you know, whatever you want to hear about, if you want to call into the show, now's your time. And so um, let me know. I, I am begging you. Let me know if that is something worth pursuing or something that you'd be interested in, and uh, and, and seriously, you got to let me know because if I don't have feedback, um, I don't know where to go with it. And so, outside of that, guys, I'm excited to actually announce that one. And um, I, I stretched this thing to 45 minutes or 42 minutes. I apologize; it probably could have been about a half an hour. But uh, appreciate you, and I will definitely see you on the next one. Bye.